Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, we're welcoming back Bill Psycholic. Um, If you don't know who Bill is, uh, you can check out episode number 46 of this podcast. Um, You can also check out our friend Casey Johnson's podcast, Unlock Wellness. He was on that as well. Um, He basically is a man who is traveling around the United States running a marathon in each of the national parks. Uh, And, you know, when we talked to him before, he was in the midst of his project. Now his project is kind of on pause for a little bit as he's settling into the Denver area. And he uh, has finished every single national park except the ones in Alaska. And so we get into that today in the conversation. But uh, I'm happy to say since our last podcast, Bill and I have become... Uh, pretty good friends, and we'll meet up at least once, once a week, once every couple of weeks, and we'll go for, for some trail runs, kind of train together, and just chat along the runs. He's very fast, so I like it because he makes, it forces me to run a little bit faster than I'm comfortable with. Uh, so yeah, he's a great guy. Um, this podcast we recorded where we're both in my office, and I gotta say. It's one of my favorite ones we've recorded. I was in the midst of it. I was like, man, Bill, you're wise. <laughs> you're a wise man, which reminds me of something really quick because maybe I've said this in the past. For the longest time, I thought the word wizened, like wise end, I thought it meant you were smart based off of experience. And so I'd go around and I was using that word as a compliment. I was going up to people and be like, man, you're so wizened, dude. Um, <laughs> come to find out, it means you're like old looking, you know, and like worn down from life. That's basically the definition of the word. So if I've called anyone wizened in the past, um, this is my apology, my public apology for calling you wizened. Um, just know my intent. My intent was to compliment you on being so like smart based off of your experience. <laughs> um yeah, so Bill is is has been has he's learned a lot from his National Parks Marathon project and throughout his experiences in life and today on the episode he shares a lot of his knowledge. So, I'm really looking forward to sharing the conversation with you guys. Um before we start, though, something I guess I should mention, because I kind of teased it last week with our clip show, uh, I followed my own advice, which is great. I think, you know, you all you always should follow your own advice. Um, and my I signed up for something that is very intimidating. Um, I signed up for a six-day stage race in June through the desert uh so basically a stage race is you run a bit every day a certain section um and that night you camp with the other runners and competitors and throughout the week they're keeping your times keeping your scores you can kind of think of it kind of like nascar where you have your your times built up and and whatnot uh throughout the week so anyways this race is called the desert rats stage race and it's from uh, Grand Junction, Fruta area in Western Colorado uh, on the Cocopelli Trail 
to Moab. And it's very intimidating to me. I've never done anything like this. Uh, I've done a couple 50 milers. I've done a lot of 50Ks. That's kind of my, my favorite distance. But uh, I'm really looking forward to being intimidated and taking something something this kind of, I don't, I don't want to say scary because it's also going to be fun, you know, but it's going to be something totally outside my comfort zone. So I'm definitely looking forward to taking that on. That's at the end of June. And the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because we are definitely going to do some shows about it leading up to training because I have no idea how to train for this thing. So yeah, so come back and learn with me. <laughs> Um, as I learn what training plans I should do, I'm going to talk to the race director. I'm going to talk to my cousin, Susan, again, who's been on the show a few times. She's done a whole bunch of stage races in the Sahara and Iceland and all this stuff. She's kind of like in my, in my life, she's definitely one of the most knowledgeable runners, uh, that I'm in contact with. So, uh, tune back into that in the near future, we will be exploring that and then of course after the race you know we'll have one maybe maybe a couple episodes about what went down uh and who knows you know i i heard something the other day and i'm sure i'll mention it a lot is is a it was a quote it was on ultra runner podcast um and i can't remember the runner's name but she was awesome so check it out i don't know sometime in february 2018 that episode of ultra runner and she said basically every time she steps up to the start line, she knows she's going to learn a lesson. She just doesn't know what that lesson is, and she doesn't know when she's going to learn it. <laughs> oh, her name was Angela Chartel, so she was awesome. Like, totally check that out. Um, I guess while I'm on the subject of Ultra Runner Podcast, um, our friend Natalie Larson uh, who we've done a couple episodes with, she was just recently interviewed on there and she's awesome. So support her and check that one out as well. All right, guys, let's get into the conversation with Bill. Um, I'm really excited to share kind of his plans for Alaska, but then also his plans for basically being like someone who wants to inspire you to step up to your own life experiences that you've always wanted to have. Um, so definitely check him out. Contact him, man. If you feel like you need someone in your life that's really going to push you towards having your own thing that you've always wanted to do and you just can't you just can't get motivated by yourself, contact Bill. He is the nicest, most receptive person, and he will definitely help you along your way. All right, that's off of me blabbing on at the beginning of this podcast about wizened and other things. Um, yeah, so if you enjoy this episode, if you've been enjoying any of these podcasts, thank you so much. I super duper appreciate it. Um, we got a new logo. It's pretty awesome. I'm excited about that. Um, but you can also you can support the podcast by going on iTunes, leaving us a review, even if it's like one sentence that's like, the host says awesome a lot but it's pretty good. Like something like that, that would help us out. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, also, I'm excited. This is a great episode and we have some good ones coming up. So come back, check us out. Uh, I bet you guys will enjoy it. All right, let's get into it. This is Like a Bigfoot number 81 with Bill Psychotic. 
All right. Um, I want to welcome Bill back to the podcast today. And I'll put a little intro in and everything like awesome. that. Awesome. But I was just saying, um, when you listen to yourself talk, you pick up on like the weird stuff you say repeatedly that annoys and it annoys me it annoys yourself yeah yeah Yeah. totally one time i was recording something with a friend and we decided every time i said like he was gonna punch me in the leg (laughs) and we're gonna try to uh pavlov pavlov dogs it yeah push it out of you it kind of worked for a little bit yeah so I get I get into uh, little little ruts, language ruts as well. So <laughs> it happens. I think everybody does. Yeah, but it's just more noticeable when you're listening back and you're thinking to yourself, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, on this like a Bigfoot. This time it's in person. Yes. So super excited about that. Yeah, it's nice to have actually settled here in Denver and have. A friend that came out of this project. Yeah, you man. and I got connected. I did the podcast, which was wonderful. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna live in Denver. And you're like, I live close to there. Yeah, let's go running. And uh, it's been a good friendship since then. So. Yeah, man. I I was super excited too because that's kind of one of the unexpected benefits of doing something like this. Yeah. And for me, I always felt when I was growing up, I was um, pretty introverted. And shy. I was an only child, which shocks people. Kind of got over that. I guess, man. I, as soon as I decided I was going to become a teacher, I'm like, oh, dude, you can't be shy anymore if you're going to no. be a teacher. Mm-mm. But, but yeah, man. So sweet. I'm so excited that you're in Denver, and I'm really grateful that we've been able to go on so many runs and yeah. and everything like that. So yeah, good yeah. fun. Yeah, man. So I kind of wanted to catch the audience up on where you've been since our last episode. All right. So I don't remember where in the trip it was when we talked. So I don't know if that was Marathon 25, 35, whatever it was. Um, But I'll just to summarize briefly for for folks who may be listening to this for the first time. uh, uh, I am doing a personal life experience project to run a marathon, my own designed 26.2 miles in all 59 U.S. national parks. I'll be the the first person that's ever done anything like this to incorporate sort of endurance, athletics and running and our national parks. And so over the the past 15 months, I finished 51 marathons in all of the national parks outside of Alaska. So again, don't remember where we were when we connected before, but I finished all of the parks in the lower 48 states and then the two national parks in Hawaii and then there are two national parks in U.S. territories. One is um, St. John in the U.S. Virgin Island. Uh, 60% of that island is a national park. And then the National Park of American Samoa, way five hours flight south of Honolulu. Nice, man. I, I've heard nothing but amazing things about the one in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. Well, you had your like tropical <laughs> vacation part yeah. of the project. Yeah, everybody goes, goes there, well, are you going to do the one in the Virgin Islands? And I go, yeah, of course <laughs> like, I am. I it's a national man. park. It's one of the 59. I'll just have to suck it up <laughs> and yeah. go. Uh, it was, uh, it's, it's very cool. It's, you know, when you see pictures of, of unspoiled, sandy, white sandy beaches, and especially in the context of the Virgin Islands, you think, right, if you turn around and look the other way, you'll see Hiltons and Marriott's and yeah. the Ritz. But because this is a national park, 
there's no development. Wow. There's one campground, and then all the rest of it's protected land, even the, the beaches. So when you walk on the beach, the beach is as the beach is, right? There's no dredging. They don't, you know, put extra sand on there for the tourists. They don't. That's just the way it is. And so it's really impressive to see nature as it's intended, yeah. especially in a place like that, which you sort of associate with, you know, a tourist destination. But yeah. it's it's beautiful. Yeah, because I just, you know, behind you, you're in my office. So behind you, there's pictures of mountains. And, you know, I'm looking at them. And I'm like, well, you expect to see mountains undeveloped for the most part. I yeah. mean, you got ski resorts and things, but... You know, you go out into the mountains, you expect to find that. But yeah, on the beach, I mean, I can't, I'm trying to even think of a place yeah. in the world where you would, I mean, obviously there's millions and I mm. just don't know of any, well, but, but still in the United States, like most of the beaches are developed and yeah, oh, that's or, awesome. Or it's just, even if it's not aggressively developed, you're not far from yeah. development. Yeah. And so you go two or three miles and you're hitting a Walmart or a Target or something, but on the, you're on the island of St. John's, which not, not the whole island is a park, but but a fair bit of it, and uh, uh, it is as it's been. So it's really that's so plus cool. they protect the marine area. That's also a big part of it. The reefs that are around the uh, the island, and then the marine yeah. life. So so did you go snorkeling or anything like I that? I did. Awesome. <clears throat> of course, I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just went down the random marathon, went home. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was there for a week, so. Took, yeah. took, uh, took advantage of it. That's awesome, man. So when you were there, I'm just trying to think of what kind of wildlife you would see in an area like that. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of birds. You mean and... other than the tourists? Yeah. No. What? How busy was it? Yeah. First of all, uh, how many tourists? I don't remember the time of year I was there. I can't uh, recall, but it wasn't high season, so it wasn't wasn't so okay. too busy. That's but good. There are people. Yeah. Um, most people go to St. Thomas. And, and not to St. John. Uh, St. John maybe is a day trip, a couple days, something like that. It's just not as developed yeah. um, as some of the other islands. So uh, that keeps the numbers down. Um, and uh, uh, I didn't, yeah, I don't remember seeing a ton of wildlife, underwater wildlife. Yeah. Uh, ask me the name, the fish, and I will fail miserably. <laughs> so. Nice. Were you, where were you running on this? Was it all beach or is there hiking trails? <clears throat> trails. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there there are definitely hiking trails. I was only on the beach or a sandy spot for for a small bit of the run. Okay, uh, it was mostly mostly trails in the woods, and it's really very interesting since we, we're kind of getting deep into one national park. But <laughs> it's it's a it's actually kind of a, a good um, example of what I learned while I was on on the trip, having seen fifty one of the the national parks, is that they're drastically different. Yeah. And in my mind, when I first started this project, I had this preconceived notion of a national park being a mountain park. Uh-huh. And I'm originally from the East Coast, so I grew up uh, in Delaware, lived in New York and Washington, D.C. and places like that. And I think it was, and I've only been to a handful of national parks, and they were sort of mountain parks. Yeah. You know, Shenandoah. I've been to Acadia when I was little, and then I had taken a, one trip out west and had been to Yellowstone and... and um, uh, 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 glacier? No, it wasn't Glacier. Um, where else did we go? Well, well, Mount Rushmore, but that's yeah, that's not a national park. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. same idea. It's yeah, in that definitely. corridor of those kinds of that mm -hmm. kind of scenery. Yeah. And then when you get out and you see them, you get to really notice how different they are. Yeah. You know, the even mountain parks are distinctly different, and the terrain, 
the shapes of the mountains, how the mountains were formed. Um, it was that was a impressive and surprising piece of that for me. And what I like, the reason that I kind of brought that up is in I was surprised in the National Park of of uh, U.S. Virgin Islands how different the terrain was on that single island. So I'm seeing 26 miles of it yeah. a fair bit. And some of it was desert-like and had cactus. Some of it honestly reminded me that I, if I was running through um, Shenandoah or Great Smoky Mountains, really? it was that kind of, it had that feel. Like the lush, trees, green environment. The trees looked that way. Yeah. You know, sort of a typical eastern coast forest. Yeah. And then you keep running further down and you get into more what you would consider sort of tropical vegetation, yeah. like green ferns and mosses and things. And then there's desert. It was all within the same run. And so That's so cool. You, you, you can see that as a hiker, and I, I always encourage people to get out on foot. Um, but when you run that kind of distance or just traverse that kind of distance, um, you really get to see a lot. Yeah. That's why I always think about running is kind of, the superpower that you have to go out and explore yeah you know um did you start and sorry to stick on one park but i'm fascinated by this one because it's one that you know i hadn't heard of before yesterday um (laughs) or even really thought of so when did you start on the beach or was that like halfway through as like a little uh, the little the little <laughs> bit of the beach was when I was running out towards uh, a point on the island, okay. and it, it, if you would have quizzed, asked me to look this up ahead of time, I would have had the answers to it's all, all right, of this. <laughs> but it's like Ramshead Point or okay. something, something point. Yeah, and to, it was an out and back to the to the tip, uh, and then uh, uh, back to the trail to continue the run. And there was a bit on the yeah. on the sand there. That's awesome. Uh, right right on the water but um most of it was most of it was really trails yeah that's cool man uh i for people listening who haven't tried this here's some recommended advice halfway through a run don't jump into the water (laughs) thinking that like this is going to be refreshing it will be refreshing but you will instantly start chafing right you know what i mean yes (laughs) yes terrible so then you then you headed out to hawaii or like during that time you were in Hawaii, and just real quick, any stories can stick out from the Hawaii yeah, National Parks? The, the, the Hawaiian parks were fun. Um, you, you get to run on lava fields, That's which cool. is pretty amazing. Uh, both national parks, I had people with me. Yeah. The, um, the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, a gentleman joined me. He had, we'd connected online. He was an doing his own <clears throat> his own little project to run a 5k in all 50 states and same with me sort of his own 3.1 miles or more yeah and he's almost 65 68 no 68 something like that so yeah. an older guy and um he wanted to do his 50th state with me in hawaii what so that's so cool that was fun and then i and i ran the entire marathon with two people at haleakala national park in maui and one of the people I ran with actually flew all the way from Tucson just to run with me. That's so cool, man. Um, I had met him when I was there running uh, near Suar- at Suaro National Park. And he said, oh, time for some sort of adventure. And yeah. he came out, spent a few days on his own, and then we met for the run. That's so cool. Like, have you noticed it grow throughout your 15 months? Like, just the impact that you're able to ha- have 
Uh, I think people are definitely um, that that are get exposed to what I'm doing are more open to thinking about ways of incorporating the national parks yeah. differently than just camping and hiking. Yeah. Which again, don't want to ever discount anyone who does backcountry camping because that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to do that <laughs> or a lot. Um, and but and you go and see it and get out on on. But when you start thinking, oh wow, somebody's running. A marathon in all of them maybe I could do something like that or I could do 10k or yeah. uh, I could just go and visit some parks totally. or my local when I talk about running the parks which is my hashtag and, and running the parks.com is my website uh, I try to encourage people to just get outside yeah you know go in your state park or your county park or your open space land that we have here in Colorado and spend some time in nature it makes a difference it yeah. doesn't have to be running that's what I choose to do. Yeah, but, uh, you you get refreshed and energized. You get relaxed and energized at the same time. Once you're in nature, you kind of go, ah, yeah, wow, look at all of this. Like yeah. you have that kind of that kind of ease of of your the stress in your body, but then you're also kind of heightened in awareness because you're out in the wilderness. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. Like far, just enough that you're away from the noise. Definitely, man. It's funny even being in Denver and we've explored a few of the open space parks here <clears throat> and it's it's so cool how many there are, first of all. Yeah. Um, but we'll be on top of North Table Mountain, which is right right by Golden, mm-hmm. overlooking downtown Denver, and there'll be moments where I'm up there completely by myself. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a major metropolitan area yeah. right in front of me. Millions of people yeah. only, only 15, 20 miles away. Not to mention that's North Table Mountain, for those that don't know, is actually fairly popular yeah. for mountain bikers and runners and hikers. and and uh, uh, yeah, But you can still be up there by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Often. And have you noticed that in Colorado, speaking of the idea of people finding their own passion, mm-hmm. uh you'll go driving down a canyon here and you'll see at least 10 different activities yeah. like someone will be painting someone will be rock climbing someone yeah. will be biking and you're like whoa and you kind of have to choose one yeah <laughs> you know i mean otherwise it's pricey yeah yeah well it's it's no nothing wrong with having a number of hobbies um yeah my my brother said something funny one time he he kind of dabbles in guitar a little bit and um just for fun i bought him a mandolin and he goes, great, another instrument I can be mediocre at, you know? You sp- That's, uh, yeah, you're right. You spread yourself you. out thin, but if you enjoy them all, go yeah. right go right ahead. There's something but, said to be said about being like a jack of all trades yeah. and developing some skills. and But there is something else to be said about being an expert in something. Right, right, so. yeah. And, and you, you just sort of naturally gravitate to things that you want to get better at. And, totally. Hey, I want to paint because it's fun and it's relaxing yeah but i'm not going to go take art classes and i'm not going to go study the masters and i'm not going to spend hours and hours and hours because i'd rather do something else that i can be better at or be uh, an expert at and just do this on the side but you're right you see people doing all sorts of stuff all sorts like paragliding yeah downtown golden you'll see Uh paragliders just and we always point to our kids our daughters we're like Look, they're jumping off the mountain up there. Like, what? <laughs> but, you don't uh, give them any ideas there, uh, no, Papa. I know. I know, because someday they'll come up to me and be like, okay. I want to go paragliding off. to be like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. 
that was my fault my your wife's gonna go that was your fault that was yeah <laughs> exactly exactly well let's get kind of into the next steps and we were talking i just about did it i about did the thing where i was gonna say we were talking before the podcast <laughs> and we we're yeah. yeah well i think that actually in in, in every podcast they that has that. to be said at least once it's required it they is. tell us anytime it's, you're a podcast host they email that to you right that's part of if you want to post to itunes they search the transcript of the the podcast to make sure that you say that yeah. before it's before it goes up yeah we were talking before the podcast <laughs> uh about what the future holds for for your project um yeah. can you kind of enlighten us a little bit or maybe talk about the challenges because we've talked while running like you have the hardest part in front of you yeah. and for Thanks. i've heard this quote Thanks. a long time ago yeah no sorry uh, <laughs> i heard this quote a, a long time ago and it it totally applies to to your project is the last 10 percent of something mm. takes 90 percent of the effort yeah so I finished all the parks outside of Alaska, and there are eight national parks in Alaska. Two of them are above the Arctic Circle, and yeah. four of them you need a bush plane just to get to. And they really don't have um, established trails or roads. So the logistics of Alaska are a whole different animal. The cost of Alaska, uh, I'm roughly estimating that um, a three to three and a half, maybe four at the most month trip to Alaska to hit all the national parks, the bush plane flights in and out could run me the half as much as it is I spent for an entire year in the lower 48. And it's mostly transportation, getting up there, yeah. either taking a week to drive there or taking the ferry from Bellingham, Washington. So How long does that take? The car ferry, uh, a couple of days, I think. Okay. It's much faster, and you can take your car, and you don't... They it's, give you a little room <clears throat> in the ferry? Or do you have yeah. to sleep in your car? No. Because you'd be set up. Maybe you could be like, hey, I don't, I got I don't need a room. Rooftop tent, <laughs> pop it open. Yeah. Uh, no, they have little They have little rooms for, the, for people, for okay. passengers. You can actually camp, I guess, on the top of the... On the top of the... Um, the ferry they have just an open space where you can put up your tent dude you need to do that just for the experience <laughs> like hey i camped on top of a boat yeah on the way to alaska <laughs> yeah. um, oh that's awesome we'll, we'll see so that so the the plan for alaska it would be wonderful to be able to do alaska this summer 2018 yeah but there's a couple things that are that are uh, that I have to work through first. One mm. is I'll be um, getting a job and working here in the Denver area, and it's hard to start a job in February and then tell your boss you're going to take July, August, and have a September off. And the second piece of that is that I actually need the money from the job to fund the trip. Yes. And the um, so there's the remote possibility that I might actually be able to work some of the, my job remotely, remote, remote, in, in maybe like Anchorage, somewhere where there's good internet service, and then base, you know, use that as a base to visit the parks. Yeah. That's still to be determined. There might also be some business travel with my, my job as well, so okay. I don't know if I can do that. So at the very um, latest, it would be summer of 2019. Yeah. And... Um, there is uh, a lot of issues with with Alaska because of the weather. 
Yes. You just there's a just, tiny window. Right. It's it's basically June, July, and August, and maybe early September. Yeah. Uh, so I was I've been working with some rangers that I got in contact with at, at the different parks to talk about routes and how I would complete running and where I should go and just they've been very very just like all the other national park rangers they have been very helpful and think this is pretty exciting and uh they just say watch out for bears that's what i was wondering so (laughs) when you bring up the idea with a ranger in alaska which by the way when you say work remote Mm -hmm. like whoever is hiring you is going to be like uh, when I said work remote, I didn't mean work remote, you know, yeah, yeah. Alaska's as remote as it gets. Uh, but when you're talking to these rangers, let's just say, um, and man, I, I, I'm not going to know the name of the park off the top of my head. There's gates of the Arctic. Yep. You have to fly to that one. Yep. And there's no trails there. <clears throat> nope. Okay. So let's just use that. There's another one too. And I can't remember. It has a... several of them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so for that one, um, and where was I even going with that? Hold on one second. I'll, I'll Probably re- like how I'm actually going to do it. Yes. So, okay. So you talk to the Rangers at Gates of the Arctic, and you tell them you're going to run a marathon. What's there? And you obviously it's they think it's a really cool idea, but like, is there anyone who's like, let's get real for a second? <laughs> not yet. Really? Okay. No, not yet. So I, they're all super they're, supportive. They're they're supportive. Um, I think they're they're also realistic. It's yeah. like this is not going to be easy. Yeah. Some places you're not going to be able to run and so it's gonna be a hike. And gotcha. uh, one of the one of the things that I'd like to tell people that if you cover twenty six point two miles of a of distance, regard all at one shot, like you don't sleep for four hours and then yes. keep, like it's just one one shot. You're a marathon. That's a, that counts. That's yeah, a marathon absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. So and if I have to walk it and it takes me 12 or 14 hours, totally. Um, I'll do it. And I still have to work out. The, I'd love to have a guide. So this is why the other logistics are difficult. Um, I, I'm going to have to have extra equipment that I'll have to take and when I'm flying into the parks because I can't take my car. Uh, I'd like to have other people with me for a safety for mm-hmm. safety reasons. Yep. Preferably someone that's familiar with the Alaskan wilderness and just other runners for for camaraderie and totally. experience. And if they're slower than me, then the bear gets them first. So that works out <laughs> really well. I was just about to give the like call out yeah. to the audience here. Like, hey, if you guys want to join him, you're down for an adventure. But then he said the bear thing. Yeah, I know. Well, the, maybe that'll just I'll get a bunch of faster runners. It'll be inspiring for them to train um, harder. And... and uh, <laughs> When I tell, when I ask people about it, I say, "Hey, would you would you want to come with me?" And it's usually semi-serious. And most of them say, "Oh, I couldn't take off that." that That's the long. hard part. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. First of all, my project is all about possibility. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You want to take two or three months off, and you've been working for ten or twelve or fifteen years in a corporate job. You can take two to three months not unpaid leave. Yeah. And go and do something that you would never ever do otherwise and the um, the second thing is and this is what um, I start to encourage people because they get wrapped around going up for three months I'm like there are eight parks I'm going to be there for two to three months yeah you don't have to be yeah you could come in fly into Anchorage go to Denali and Lake Clark and then fly home or which so are spent two weeks or three Anchorage. weeks yeah yeah you, know, you could come and go to uh, Glacier Bay and um, Kenai Kenai Fjords, yes, and and do two parks with me. You don't have to do all eight, but 
uh, at least, and that's where people, you get caught up, right? You don't think, okay, well, what is possible for me? Yeah. Well, I could do two weeks. Wow, I'm going to do two weeks in Alaska. How cool two, would that be? Totally. And two you know? weeks unpaid leave is honestly, well, in two the weeks grand they have scheme vacation. of things. They might have vacation to and do, vacation, cover that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely. Throwing out the offer. <laughs> it's definitely possible. And that's, and that's kind of where. Um, it's, it's actually kind of a nice segue that, that part of what I'm going to try and do in addition to the, the sort of the professional job that I'll have, uh, similar work that I used to do, which is sort of technology program management, is I'm, I'm working on um, my life experience coaching business. Yeah. So I'm taking people, taking clients through uh, a process to change their mindset to, <clears throat> to excuse me, to um, allow possibility to enter their mind not only in context of a particular experience or event, but in general. And then that mindset of possibility leads to an experience, which then leads to personal growth, which expands your mindset, which allows more possibility in. And it's, a, it's this wonderful growth circle that allows you to go from not thinking something's possible to doing it and then going, all right, so what else is possible? And on and on and on. And so a great example was, uh, I, I don't, I'm never going to get to Alaska. All right. Hey, I'm going to Alaska for three months. Oh, I could never do that and take that much time off. Well, how about two weeks? Oh, yeah, I could do two weeks. <laughs> that thought never would, they, they would have yeah. stopped right away. So what is possible? I could do a week. That's possible. I could do two weeks. That's yeah. possible. Or, or really, I could take three months off. Yeah. It's possible. Hey, I took a year and a half off after never, ever, thinking that I would do anything like this. Forget the running part. Yeah. Just the not having a job. Yeah. Scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah. And what you've learned as you do something like this is that it's really not that bad. You're not going to die. Um, a lot of this has to do with again my my um, process that I followed and that I help people with which uh, I have uh, like a little 4D um uh, methodology which is determine what you want to do and why particularly declare that to others uh -huh. so that you get their support and more importantly you distance yourself from naysayers that's true and you get a little bit of accountability yeah you get it definitely that. you uh, design it and that's the big piece that's mm -hmm. the planning that's the 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 uh, having everything set in place so that you you can do this without it causing you unnecessary stress yeah. Right. It's already stressful because it's new and exciting and you're going to grow from it. Which are good stresses. You, yeah. But you also don't want to be scrounging for money because you didn't plan yeah. your finances and budget properly. And then the last D is is do. Actually take action. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I've met a lot of people that, and I, I actually fell into this bucket myself, is that you plan things out forever, but you never actually do them. Yeah. You ask somebody who said, I've always wanted to go on an African safari. And an African smart can be a week or two weeks. And people have planned it out. I know the country I want to go in. I know the carrier that I want to fly over. I know the, the safari company that I'm going to use. I know the animals I want to see. I know the best time of year I want to do it. Yeah. But they never do it. Yeah. 15 years later, hey, have you gone on that safari? Yeah. No, I'm still planning it out. Yeah. You have to actually do what you've set out to do in order for you to grow open your mindset to more possibility have more experiences and then 
and then continue on that. Um, yeah, I I did this. I mean, with the podcast, even I yeah. mean, it was the same way where I had started a podcast and I did two episodes, and uh, it was about teaching, and then I came into some struggles in my mm-hmm. own teaching. <clears throat> yeah. Even though the purpose of the podcast was to be like super open to ideas and open to the idea that I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. But after doing it, I'm like, I can't do this. Like self-doubt creeped in. And then for two whole years, I'm like, I would love to do a podcast. And I just never pulled the trigger. And eventually the idea came in that's like the just do it idea, but more of the idea that it's going to be finished, but not perfect. Yeah. So you can have a plan. And you're going to have a plan up to a certain point, but it might not be the perfect plan and you're never going to have the perfect plan. Yeah, so that's, that's a, it's a really intuitive uh, point you're making there. Part of the design phase of my 4D process is time-bound. Yeah. So you don't design forever. Yeah. And then the do action, the actual taking action is on a scheduled date. That's awesome. Like you say, this is the day that I'm going to do it. And if you're not 100% ready, you should have spent enough time planning so that you know the big things are taken care of. Yeah. Um, but you should also want to leave some things open for for um, ex- just raw experience. Like, wow, I never thought that was going to happen. Or, hey, I learned something new because I allowed myself the to put myself in that situation to let that happen. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you if you over design things and you over plan, a it takes too long, and you you could actually miss opportunities uh, to learn and to experience things, and um, and and then you don't actually grow as much. So. Yeah, the planning, the design phase can be really fun, mm-hmm. like really fun, where you're just getting excited and yeah. stuff, but you have to, you eventually have to just pull the trigger. Did yeah. you have to do that on your project? Uh my project was was already kind of time bound, so okay. I had a lease with an apartment in New York City. Gotcha. Perfect ended, time to do something. It ended in May. Yeah. So, I, and I made no attempt to try and find a new apartment or renew it. I knew I was going to make this break. I was planning to move to Colorado anyway. Yeah. So that was it, and uh, I started. I came up with the project uh, at the beginning of the year, and just said, "Look, this is this is it." I had the money in the bank. Luckily, I had been saving for a while. Uh, I had paid off all my bills. Um, you know, I I bought a car. You know, I was already planning to do some other things that would bring me out west. And then this uh, this group, <laughs> this great idea came out <laughs> to run a marathon a week for almost uh, fifteen months. Uh, came into my mind and. Um, uh, it was already kind of time bound. Yeah. So what I had actually done was I kind of reversed it a little bit. I said I'm going to go as long as my money as my money uh, would let me. Yeah. And through a combination of having enough money uh, and living frugally, I was able to do everything but Alaska. Yeah. Which was fur- was so I was almost going to say which was further than I thought I could go, but that's not actually true because if you've planned properly, budget is a big piece of it. Yeah. And, and you should not want to stress cha- exchange one stress for another. And so I had I knew how long I could go. Yeah, I knew by month how long I could go, where I could cut things here and there, and maybe scrimp on on stuff. Never did I le- I live um, uncomfortably, but I was in a tent. 
and I was <laughs> on also your car. in hostels <laughs> and people's yeah. homes and things and moving from week to week to new locations. But uh, I never felt deprived of anything. Yeah. I ate just fine, uh, um, slept fine, you know, got to see these wonderful places. So, yeah. you know, I, I, if I had it planned out, so I knew. Yeah. So I can tell you're very passionate about this idea of helping people because it's funny. Anyone who finds their own journey and you've gone through this crazy journey and you've learned so much about yourself, anyone who finds that you instantly want to share it with everybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, I've discovered something like I want you to discover something too. Right. And so I can tell you're very passionate about this project, which is awesome. So can you give us a little more detail? Like, um, has it started? Has your coaching started? Is it, when is it going to start? If people really connect to that and definitely want to reach out and like, I want to have these experiences. I want to be able to talk to Bill and have some advice, you know, on yeah. a daily basis. So I just finished the, the big piece of this project and I've been looking for the initial job that gets me back onto, you know, a l- little bit more finances in the bank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and I'm still working on all of the, the presentation side of the coaching website and uh-huh. uh, online presence and all of that. But I can take clients now. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm fully available to, to do that. It's just, if you searched on it, you wouldn't find anything. Um, I did reserve lifeexperiencecoach.com. Which I think is like... I mean, it explains exactly. It explains exactly <laughs> what it is, and it was available, if you can believe that. So if anybody goes to that, you get a redirect to my uh, running the parks page for now. Yeah. But there's nothing on the on the coaching um, yeah. yet. But uh, I, 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 you know, people want to reach out to me, runningtheparks at gmail.com. Yeah. They can, uh, uh, we can talk about having a little strategy session yeah. that determines whether, you know, I'm the right person to help them in and, and what they're interested in doing and whether they're in a good position to yeah. start thinking about it or if they just want to, to talk a little, little bit about something new, happy to do that too. Totally. So. And it doesn't have to be uh, you know, a year-long, 15-month <laughs> epic journey. It could just be, hey, like you know, I've always wanted to blah, 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 and I've never pulled the trigger and I've mm. just been procrastinating yeah, really going after something that I have always wanted to do. It could be anything, yeah. and it and it could be as something as as pedestrian as moving to a new location. Yeah, like I always wanted to live in Wyoming. Great. Yeah. Well, what would it take for that to happen? You know, what is you know determine why you want to go there. Maybe you should try it out first. You know, tell other people that you want to do this, and you know, hopefully you'll you'll get support. You know, design what that'll actually take. What are, are you moving? Are you selling your stuff? Are you, um, do you need a new job when you get there? Are you gonna transfer with a job? Uh, how much money can do you need to go without a job for a while? You know, all of these things. And then what's the date in which you're going to do it? Yeah. So uh, it could be that, or it could be, I want to take my family for and sail around the world <laughs> in a boat. Captain Ron a year. style. Yeah, Do you exactly. get that reference? No. <sighs> it's a terrible it, I mean it's a great movie with Kurt Russell oh no anyways <laughs> no I bet you there's somebody listening right now that's going oh they're fist it. pumping man and then, he's got an eye patch and then the other the, the other thousands of people that are listening are having no idea what you're talking about check it out it's on yeah, HBO there you go 
Huh. So no, it it yeah. can it can be anything. Changing a job. Totally. Doing, doing a going in and doing a presentation at a TEDx conference. It could be oh, so many people like have that. that as a goal and it's mm-hmm. it's so doable. I yeah. mean there are TEDx so, conferences everywhere. So one of the things that I I talk to people about a little is that it might take some time to get ready. Yeah. So if you want to sail around the world with a family of four, it might take you two to three years to plan that. Yeah. And you just have to recognize that while the planning phase should be time bound, it also should be long enough for you to be ready. So if you're sailing around the world, you need to uh, buy or rent a sailboat. How about you need to learn how learn to sail? How to do it. Then you have to figure out how to homeschool your kids for a year. Yeah. And what are the visa and port entry requirements? And what is your route going to be? And what is the best weather? That would take quite you, a bit of planning. Yes. Yeah. It's not an insignificant amount. But if you want to do it, it's completely possible. And once you believe it's possible, yeah. then the rest is planning. It's well, logistics. And here's where I think it would be beneficial to have a coach especially or someone you know that you can bounce ideas off of and is going to call you weekly or whatever you guys determine yep but um with something like that where it does take a significant amount of planning i mean that's hard to take on by yourself hard to stay motivated to plan that if you're just solely by yourself but if you had someone every week you're like hey man on thursdays I'm going to call you. We're going to talk about this idea right. and we're going to do it every Thursday until the idea becomes a reality. Right. That's that's the accountability piece, but it's also the constant reminder and refresh every week like, "Oh, hey, I'm working towards this goal. Yeah. I'm taking the baby steps to get there." So, yeah. I think that's super cool, man. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's it's definitely a way to to also, you know, if that accountability, but then that person's also going to help you sort of identify roadblocks, yeah. mental blocks, ways of of seeing things or not seeing things that you're not aware of yeah and can help you go point them out yeah. and then once you realize oh i think that way or i've been thinking that way or something some some life event got in the way and is slowing my progress down but i didn't even recognize it yeah and then all of a sudden somebody points it out you go well let's talk about that yeah Oh, yeah, that's something that I need to handle because it's preventing me from getting to the goal that I've set out to achieve. Yeah. So that's cool, man. So I would recommend if if you're out there listening to this, just just kind of think and I'm going to do the same thing this week. Just think about what are some of the things that you you're holding back on mm-hmm. that you have wanted to accomplish. And for me, you know, I'm a pretty self-motivated person. Um, if I have an idea, I'm just like gonna try to do it. Yeah. But it's not for everything. Well, you know, you I'm know, first to admit. You, like, you took you two years to do the podcast. That's true. I'm first I mean, to admit it's not in every aspect of my life. Right. Athletically, if I come up with an idea, then most likely I'm gonna take it on. Yeah. I'm gonna step up to the plate. But Iron, like half Iron Man Monday, <laughs> which you joined me for. Yeah. But um, and that idea literally came the week before. Yeah. Um, but. But in other areas, like I said, like the podcast, you know, and and planning big trips or big life events, like I definitely would, this would be a beneficial thing. Yeah. So yeah, go out there this week and really think about what are some things that you've wanted to accomplish that that's holding you, or not, maybe not holding you back, but like you just haven't pulled the trigger on. Right. So yeah, yeah man. So I do want to, and you kind of started getting into it, but uh 
But I want to hear about what is it like? And I, it's weird. Like you're not coming off of the project, but it's like on pause. Yeah. So what's that like being, you know, you were on the road, you were nomadic Mm -hmm. for quite a while and now you're settling into a big city. You're kind of like trying to, I guess, normalize life a bit oh man don't say that i know sorry do it a bit (laughs) like definitely not normalize all the way but like you know yeah you just the the transition back it's been good actually so i was on the road uh 45,000 miles in my car in 13 months and change. Uh, a couple of flights to a couple places that were fairly remote. And most of that's on my own. Yeah. Um, so coming back and being in the location where I want to be, which is this the Denver metro area, Golden, Boulder, you know, in the, in the area around here. Right now, this feels right. Yeah. And... I told people that it, while I was on my trip, if I found something better as I went along, then I would do that. But I didn't, and I'm here, and I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy to be in one place. Yeah. So while I still, so this is an interesting contrast that I was just thinking about. I'm happy to be in one place because I get to see friends regularly, like you. Yeah. I have some other friends here in Denver. Uh, you do sort of the normal things. You go trail running, or you go for brunch, or you go for dinner. Uh, I just saw live music um, last week with a friend. Um, so that's been great and tough to do while you're on the road. Yeah. You're never in one place more than a week. And the relationship <laughs> part's the part that's probably yeah. difficult. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, and now I can start dating again. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of relationships, so that's that's also tough yeah. uh, when you're not in one place. Yeah. And um, so so that's been good. But I was just thinking about this, actually, that I'm getting a little bit of an itch to 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 go somewhere Mm -hmm. and the timing is good i'm going to a wedding just outside of phoenix not this coming weekend which would be february 2nd 3rd but the weekend after and i'm going to take a couple days uh before and after the weekend so i'm going to drive to canyonlands national park for a night and do some running there then i'll go to to phoenix for the wedding and then on the way back i'm going to stop at um Grand Grand Staircase Escalante National yeah, yeah. Monument yep. and camp a night and do some running there. So it, I was just thinking, you know, it's nice to get out and I haven't done it in a little while. And yeah. now, now I've got that. But still with the with the trails and stuff so close oh. to, to Denver, it's, you do feel like you're in a different place. I know. And I, I've actually talked to my wife about that um, because I get the, the itch too, the travel itch. But since we're so close to like all these really interesting, cool areas mm-hmm. within a half an hour mm-hmm. or an hour, it's really right now I'm totally fine and comfortable with just exploring Colorado, oh, yeah. you know, or just exploring where I can drive in the, you know, a three hour drive. And I'm totally and there's so much here that that could satisfy me for years, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to show you something. I want to recommend this place. And I recommended it on a couple podcasts ago, Monument Valley. Oh yeah, I've been there a long. You have been there a long time ago, though. Dude, you should totally go. Yeah, it's so beautiful. This was our view from our cabin. This was, I think, this was before it became a, a protected area. This was. Oh time. really? Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Wow. Yeah, man. It's it was, you actually. Um, 
Monument Valley, you needed a Navajo guide. Uh-huh. Um, Valley of the Gods, you didn't, but it was also um, Native American land. Yeah. So, but impressive places. It's so impressive. And we did a 50 miler through there last March. Of course you did. And, <laughs> well, and that was the cool part is because you needed a Navajo guide except uh-huh. for like a little three mile trail. Yep. But running 50 miles through there, we were, I mean, not those ones that I just showed you, but we were on top of a big mesa at one point looking down onto the valley. Nice. It's sweet race. So if you're around in March, I would highly suggest it. It's the Monument Valley Ultras. Oh, But anyways, that's my promotion for that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're not paying me. It's just super cool. It's uh, to to your point of um, so much stuff, so much stuff close by to the Denver area within an hour. So it was from where I was in Golden, where I'm staying, uh, 50 minutes to the the Pike National Forest, um, Mount Evans, Mount Rosalie yeah. uh, trails. I did the the Tanglewood Trail um, on Sunday, and it's I saw some people because it is Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> so there there will be people. And it's I think, an hour within I, yeah, the front range. And I think I saw four, five <sighs> people, maybe. I did an eight mile, a, a four and a half out and back. Yeah. Uh, with 2,200 feet of climbing, something like that. <laughs> and uh, it was in the snow. Yeah. But it was great. But just like stuff like that. Yeah. That close. Well, and I think you probably can speak more to this um, since you've been literally all over the United States. I know Colorado is really cool, but there's that stuff everywhere yeah. if you seek it out. Um, even where I came from in <clears throat> Iowa, it's funny, like, you know, my thought process was like, oh, there's not a lot to see in Iowa. Um, and now I go home and I'm like five miles from my childhood home. There's a beautiful state park in the bluffs of the Mississippi River. Mm. And it's like nowhere you would if I showed you pictures, you'd be like, that's not Iowa. That's yeah. like, you know, uh, Virginia or, right. you know, New York, like upstate New York. But yeah, man. So those places yeah. are everywhere if you seek them out. I, that's why I said and even said earlier that the, the whole running the parks and, and getting outside, it's about your local parks, yeah. wherever you are. Start start there, especially yeah. if you're not an uh, experienced outdoors person or you don't spend a lot of time in nature. There's city parks. Um, then you go to state parks. Sometimes there are county parks. Then the federal parks the national forests, the national parks, and you have such a, a breadth of possibilities that people don't um, take advantage like they should. Yeah. And it's to your point. You're like, yeah, I lived in Iowa all my life. And sure enough, once I got into the outdoors a little bit more, yeah. all of a sudden the opportunities presented themselves. Like, holy crap, I'm going to go for a run yeah. right close to my house in this really beautiful place that I didn't even see before. Yeah. But they're there. Yeah, they definitely are, man. And even if you're not an outdoors person, um, in and you know you're imagining national parks as these big epic places, which they definitely are. Mm-hmm. There's also they fit the needs to everybody. It's choose your own adventure. Yeah. If you want to go on a one mile hike, they have one mile hikes right. to super pretty places. If you would rather go backcountry camping, they also have that available right. to and, you. You know. And uh, to to the point you made earlier about people in Colorado having all sorts of different hobbies. You can do all of those different True. hobbies in the national parks. Uh, we're, um, my buddies and I were running at Haleakala National Park. We run down into the crater, to the a volcano crater, and then back out again from the summit. And 
I don't know, it had to be like five or six miles in, like a significant <laughs> distance down into the crater. There was uh, a woman painting. Yeah. <laughs> she had lugged down an easel and canvas and a full paint tray. And she, as far as we could tell, had no assistant. Yeah. And she, and this was not an insignificant distance that she did, but she wanted to go down there and paint the, the beautiful shades, different shades of, of like rust and tans and, and sort of reds that you can see down in yeah. the, uh, in the crater. Um, she's willing to do that. That's so, neat. you know, that's what I think is cool about photography or art or something where you're com- you get to combine hiking with something else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty because you know think about it. Even hiking, you go down there, you're not staying there all day generally. But if you walk down there and uh, paint, you're sitting there yeah. for a significant amount of time. You're like really taking it in. So. Yeah. That's neat, man. My cat is at the door, so hopefully that's not getting... Should I let the cat in? I mean, what's he going to do? Yeah. He's just going to, like, meow some more, though. So if he meows some more, we'll we'll boot him out. That's all right. This is like a Bigfoot podcast. So it's... It's uh, It's animal friendly. We should have animals in (laughs) Yeah. Even though Bigfoot... Bigfoot is a real animal, right? It does Um, exist. You know, I've never made that statement on the podcast, whether or not Bigfoot exists. And I think that's up to the listeners to decide. (laughs) You know, I think there's an inner Bigfoot in all of us. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) That is... That's your tagline. That's some classic Explore the inner Bigfoot in you. Yes. Oh, that's going to be my psychology book. Did he not even come in? No. What a little butthead. He's just like, oh, I'm going to start growling at the door. And I'm um, going to meow until you open the door, and yeah, then I'm going to walk away. But that's what cats do. <laughs> that's funny. Also, uh, I have, like, jars in this office that look like jars of pee. I promise it's kombucha. Oh, okay. Because I'm brewing some kombucha. I didn't even notice. It's underneath so. the desk. Look, can you see it under the desk? Do you see it? Oh, it's yeah. brewing. So you throw that's, this like bacteria, uh-huh. this colony like of bacteria. Kombucha, but that's weird. You like it? Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's super weird to me. Mm-hmm. And the the colony of bacteria <clears throat> and yeast kind of looks like a placenta. Yeah. Which is even weirder because we had it just sitting out on our kitchen counter as people were coming in to work on our basement. And I'm like, they have to be so confused. Yeah, yeah. Which is, <laughs> oh, I'm a scientist. Yeah, yeah, man. We're doing science here. I told my daughters that she's like, what does that do? And I was trying to tell her it eats sugar and then it burps out CO2 mm-hmm. and alcohol a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. A little science project. Yeah. Just trying can, to. You can drink. <laughs> Next, you're going to you're gonna start brewing beer and then you're going to have a, a distillery in the backyard. Yeah, and, brewing beer always has sounded fun to me. Yeah, it's not. But, yeah, I know. I just don't think I have <clears throat> the patience because this takes an hour every week. And even that is pushing it yeah. as to whether I'll get it done. Yeah. But uh, but anyways, just wanted to give them the idea of <laughs> the office in here. Yes, yes. We've had many different podcast locations, by the way. We've done my apartment, which was literally just my bedroom with a little desk in the corner. Uh, outside my house, the kitchen table, and now the office. So You and I have to figure out a way whether you want to have me back on or not. I do. Know, but do it, <laughs> do it while we're running. That would be interesting. I don't... What do you think? We don't... It'd be hard. It would be. The thing with you, though, is you're so fast, like you don't get out of breath. Okay, so I want to make sure that the listeners understand 
that uh, my marathons were not for time. They were for experience. And I'm not fast. You, I'm consist. I try to be consistent. You are consistent. That's my. That's what I try to be. You're like fast I'm, downhill though. Yeah, downhill. I'm. Okay. You're really fast downhill. I'm okay downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just try to up keep your feet. up. Pick up your feet. Pick them up. Pick them Have up. you ever tripped? Uh, I ran 51 marathons, and I only fell twice. Nice. Which is knock on wood. Do you remember the um, parks? Yeah, uh, the the two parks. You, you, you'll love this. So the the first time I fell was um, Wind Cave National Park in South Dakota, and I do uh, have questions about the cave parks, real quick. Yeah, but go on. Yeah, so the there was a so the cave parks are interesting. You have to they have to protect the land above the caves, mm. so that stuff doesn't doesn't you don't damage the caves underneath. And so that's why there's a lot of land to run and trails and gotcha. Wind Cave. There were herds of buffalo and pronghorn oh, cool. and other things. But it was a 21 or 22 miles into the marathon. And it was on a slight, very, very slight downhill, not rocky, single track. And I just, I, I must have tripped over a yep. stone that was maybe a half inch sticking out of the ground. It just a caught my inch. toe and yep. bango. But um, I wasn't really paying attention. I think I let my my mind wander a little bit. And so I fell and just sort of rolled over and went, well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. Yeah. And then the second time that I fell, I had... I was at Zion National Park in Utah, and I had been dropped off by a, a private shuttle bus, just a van driver, as I was doing a point-to-point. So I was starting. Oh, cool! I was starting up on the Zion Traverse, and I was running all the way down to towards the visitor center, towards the down into the valley, and seven tenths of a mile <laughs> into that run, on a pretty chilly morning, I again it was a little rockier, but not anything terrible yeah. and I just again wasn't paying attention and I tripped and fell oh, and I whacked my my right hip against a rock oh. and it's you know it's it was bruised nothing nothing damaged but here was the 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 dilemma and this is what happened in in many of the the runs is I, if I went turned around and went back seven tenths of a mile I'm at a road in kind of the off season of Zion National Park there's not a lot of traffic if any I might have been able to catch the driver because he was going on to drop off a couple more hikers and then come back. Um, but otherwise, I might not have seen a car. Yeah. And I don't remember there being any cell signal. So I had that option. And then the other option was to just keep going. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'll just keep going. I, I didn't feel debilitating. I walked for a while and it felt fine. So I kept running. Uh, and, you know, it's it, like any bruise would do. It, it, it sort of tensed up. And then after a while, it relaxed and just sort of ached. Yeah. So, um, it's eye-opening, it. though. It's a bit where... Because I was actually just at work right before you came over, and we were talking about situations like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you were even 10 miles into a hike, and it's in the middle of nowhere, no cell service, something <clears> happens? And I know there are apps and services that you can yeah. use, and I... I Never rely on digital exactly. technology. You so when I would do the the runs, um, you know I would carry close to ten pounds. Yeah, four liters of water, depending on on the the park and the uh, the weather, and an emergency bivy, which is like a space blanket sleeping bag that you can get in and spend the night on the trail. And that's tiny. To. That doesn't take up no, much space, right? No, not very expensive. Very lightweight. Yeah. 
if you're going to carry a space blanket, carry just go and buy a bivy. bivy. Uh, extra, I just read a story where that saved somebody. Yeah. He was out clothing. in the wilderness for a night. <clears throat> yeah. And he, oh, I, th- I probably read, you read that. It? Yep. In, uh, it was by Aspen, but it was a guy yep. in Boulder. Right. Skiing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's right. And um, it doesn't take much uh, to get into a problem, and then it doesn't take much to help keep you as safe as you can be in the event there is a problem. Yeah. So emergency bivy, extra clothing, uh, something to start a fire with. So some sort of tinder or alcohol swabs like the that you would before you go to a, when you're at the doctor and you get a shot, uh-huh. they open that swab up and then they like wipe it on yep. your skin before they give you the shot. Well, those little alcohol things are flammable. So I have a bunch of those and I'll pack, pack them That's in there. You get some tinder and you put that and light it and it helps you light the fire. Uh, matches or a um a lighter keep everything in plastic so if it gets wet um it doesn't doesn't uh degrade so yeah i I have a checklist of things that i go through and this is back to planning and being safe you know making sure learning from other people and and not doing anything stupid it my um experience wasn't meant to be a survival exercise (laughs) it was meant to be a joy uh, joy run through these beautiful, beautiful places. So uh, it, it's no excuse to be foolish. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, and you know, it's. I was thinking earlier when you were talking about about that idea. Um, just the idea of anytime you're doing something new, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it doesn't need to be like the meaningless uncomfortableness. Like if you went in there and you're in Zion and you tripped and you didn't have any of that stuff you would for sure be a lot more stressed than you were in the actual moment because I'm sure you fell and like, okay, like I have this. Mm -hmm. I would be able to wait it out if a car, if I had to wait for a day for a car to get here. Yep, you know, absolutely. And the one one piece of of electronics gear that I do recommend is the, I had a spot Gen 3 GPS safety beacon. And there are other... That's what I was trying to think of. There are other... um, types there are some that are that have phone technology built in satellite phones and that but the spot three uh, is pretty lightweight this the actual service is not that expensive and it gives you a couple of different communication options it's one way you can only communicate out you can't receive messages gotcha. but it does help facilitate uh, rescue and if if you need it and so that was that was something that I learned so to the point of of you know, talking to people and learning about what they do. And I learned this from another trail runner that said, you know, I have all these things, this safety bivy and all this. And I went, yep, got that, got that, got that. Yeah. And then he went spot three GPS safety beacon. And I went, Oh, I don't have that. Yeah. I should, uh, I should look into it. Can and I then, ask you how much that was? And I'm going to write it down spot three GPS, because I'm thinking about my summer. <laughs> uh, I got it right around the holidays and they had a half price special it was, I think, ninety bucks. Okay, cool. So it's normally one hundred and fifty nine, gotcha. something like that. It might be cheaper now. I think they're going to be coming out with a new version as well. Okay. And so totally worth then, it, though. Yeah. So the the unit's not expensive. You have to pay for a service, which you can mm-hmm. do monthly, quarterly, yearly, something like that. Gotcha. And that's that's to facilitate the communication and then to save your butt. If yeah. You for sure, and it's one of those things where most likely you're not going to need it, but in the off chance that yeah. you do, it's totally worth it. It's 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 worth the wait. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, I had all sorts of grand plans to talk to you about nutrition and stuff <laughs> too. So I think we're going to have to just like leave the people on a cliffhanger. 
but you're a very healthy guy. You're very knowledgeable in nutrition. Um, and I wanted to pick your brain, but we'll have to do that later. <laughs> yeah, we, we can definitely do that. We talked about mindset this time. Mindset was so, great, man. I'm, I'm always I'm always down for talking about mindset. Do you have any like books or any recommendations on that topic? Um, uh, sure. Yeah, I, one of the 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 books that I listened to uh, on Audible.com because I was driving a lot. And yeah, had a lot of time to do that. <laughs> was the Art of Possibility by uh, Benjamin and Rosal- Rosamund? Uh, Xander. Okay. If I'm getting her her name Rose, uh, it's you could say Rose is like it's you. Rose Xander. She's yeah. An old friend. She's like yeah. <laughs> we, we go back. We go back and to the point when I first listened to the book. Uh, and and it's it talks a, a lot about um, what I've what I've mentioned is that believing in thing that things are possible uh, uh, allows you to have more experience than you would otherwise if you don't think it's possible um that's that is going to prevent you from doing anything yeah. and uh well you know we it's a really great book we've explored the idea on here about and i don't know a definite answer though you're bringing one a really good answer to the table is how do you expand your capacity and <laughs> in this instance is how do you expand your capacity for just your own mindset for yeah. possibility like it's super cool yeah like that experiences yeah that's, that's yeah that's the way i that's the way i believe it's it's um it happens you have you have an experience that you didn't think was possible before or you didn't think it was possible for you so uh, you have it and then you go well what else is possible and it doesn't have to be Wow, I never thought I could play the guitar to, hey, I'm going to be an astronaut, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. but what's that next step that yeah. you could take to continue your personal it's growth snowballs. and development? And yeah, yeah. And snowballs are a little bit at a time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's 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 uh, it's like compound interest, right? You start a little bit yep. and you invest a little more and a little more, a little more. And you just all of a sudden you have a, a big snowball yeah. of money or experience yeah. or growth, personal mindset. All That's of that. cool, man. That's why I like... I, I just I want people to get out of zombie mode. Zombie. You know what I mean? Like you Brains. get in the routine. <laughs> you get in the routine of just doing same same old same old. Yeah. Like the phrase that always bums me out more than any phrase in the whole world is when you ask people like, "Hey, how you doing, man?" and they're like, or like, "What have you been up to?" Same shit, different day. Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah. You can do better than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we wrap up, do you, if you want to, um, if you have like a very actionable, and obviously you've shared so many amazing mm. things on here, um, but if you have like an actionable step people could take today, uh, yeah. So uh, one of the one of the things that that I recommend to to people, and I do myself, is I try to watch my language. Okay. And not swear words, because oh. I know this is family friendly. <laughs> Uh, it's it's it, PG thirteen. It's PG thirteen. <laughs> All right. So watch your damn language. Uh, no, what? Watch your language, and be aware of definitive statements. Try not to make definitive statements like "always." I always do that, or "I never do that," or "I will never do that," or one of my favorites is "I could never do that." Yeah. And if if that's the kind of response that you have to something that is either it seems extreme or extreme to you, 
then you're probably limiting yourself in other areas of your life. It's, it's an automatic reflex to something that you may be uh, maybe new. And so when you start to pay attention to that, you recognize how much you actually do it. Yeah. Someone, someone uh, uh, and I, I still catch myself all the time. I said, uh, I I'll always, do, uh, sometimes, yeah. or, or often, yeah. you know, that's still a more empowering because it's not definitive. It doesn't mean you are always doing this or you're always acting that way. Um, I am is another one I try not to use. Like, I am a runner. Yeah. No, I'm what a What about the days I'm you don't a, run? I'm a human being, right? Yeah. You know, I, I like to run. Yeah. One of my favorite activities is running. Yeah. Um, you're so, not putting yourself, you're not putting constraints on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the mindset, particularly the, 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 the languages, is one that just be mindful of it over the next week and try to catch yourself every time you go, ah, oh, I could never do that. Or yeah. I'm always doing this. Or I know I, that never happens to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, well it probably and it's, does. Yeah. It's, being mindful of it and it doesn't necessarily mean like if you're being mindful and you catch yourself doing it five times mm-hmm. in one hour you like you shouldn't be mad at yourself no like being mindful is just noticing it and just yeah. by noticing it you'll your behavior will change yeah yeah you're aware of it you go hmm, yeah maybe that's not the best thing that i could be saying right now yeah and how can i improve that rocks does it the only thing that's a problem does it bug you when you hear other people saying definitive statements um, to the point where you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so it, I'm more aware of it. Yeah. And actually, that's the same thing is if you're aware of it, you'll start to hear other people do yeah. it all the time. And I don't. Maybe not cor- bug. It would I be a not a good I don't, word. But. Uh, but I don't correct people. I don't go. But sometimes I'll rephrase their statement yeah. in a non-definitive. Gotcha. Like someone say, man, I'm stupid. Or well, I right do, now you're stupid. And, no, <laughs> I, you just say, yeah. Sometimes I do unintelligent things on occasion. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I'm not stupid. I'm not unintelligent. But on occasion, yeah. I'll do unintelligent or stupid things. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, that's so, a and more then that sounds statement. like yeah. That sounds like yeah. It's no big deal. Like yeah. right. It happens. Versus I am stupid. Yeah. There's no out there. Like, yeah. you, what else are you? Well, I'm stupid. Right? Well, and then the cool thing is by noticing it, even the not speaking out loud, but like the internal dialogue changes, mm-hmm. which is the big that's, part. That's why paying attention to it yeah. first spoken and then it transforms to your inner dialogue as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I was trying not to say like this whole podcast. I think I said it a lot. Well, you know, and so that was something I was trying to be conscious of. Yeah. Who knows how successful I am? I don't know. Well, we'll wait till we listen to no, it. No, I'm going to believe that I'm successful. Although, yeah. I, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> this was a great discussion. Yeah, man. Dude, it was so good having you on the show again. Um, I will have you back, obviously, since you know, you're in town. Yeah. We go for a run together. Uh, I'd love to have you back on. So, so yeah, man. Is Where can people support you, find you, um, contact you, especially with, with your new coaching? Um, yep. For, for now... It's it's still my current uh, uh, website for the the National Parks Marathon Project, which is which is runningtheparks.com. Yep. And you can reach out to me via email at runningtheparks at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram, which is my main social media yep. platform. 
that's uh, the handle there. It's at Running the Parks. I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Go ahead and like my Facebook page. I have been posting some YouTube uh, videos lately of of the running that I'm doing here in Colorado yeah. and you can see our up. half Ironman. Yeah, half Ironman Monday, <laughs> and and catching up with some of the the backlog of video that I have from the national parks. I just haven't been able to get oh, through yeah, it all man. yet. Yeah. So that's that's going up there and, and people can can experience running in the national yeah. parks through great, me man. and then do it do it themselves i want you to keep sharing your stories because you posted a story on facebook the other day and it was super in, inspiring and enlightening well, yeah, so and nice. it was from one of your it, from crater lake crater lake national yeah. park yeah super cool man so cool thanks man this is the weird part where you're still sitting in front of me but i'm gonna say bye for the audience sake <laughs> Thanks for having me on again. All right. We'll see you next time. (laughs) That'll wrap up this week's episode. Huge thanks to Bill for doing the podcast, but also for helping me survive half Ironman Monday. Um, That was awesome, man. I'm so glad we got to run a half marathon together and it was super cool. So thank you, man. You're you rock. I'm looking forward to all of the adventures we we can have in the future. Um, Looking forward to following your trip to Alaska that's going to be mind blowing. So you'll get it done, dude. You'll get it done for sure. Um, all right, man. So that wraps up the podcast for this week. Do I have anything, you know, super inquisitive and insightful to say? No, not really. Not really this week. (laughs) Um, I will say that, you know, this morning, this is just a little, little, uh, you know, slice of life from, a for my training. So I mentioned in the beginning, I signed up for this desert rats stage race, which, you know, if you want to do something cool, feel free to sign up. That'd be badass. But, um, so I woke up this morning, you know, I didn't go to bed till like midnight. It's Sunday. I wake up. I first thing, I know you're not supposed to look at your phone first thing. And my excuse is like, I got to check the weather, even though I know it's cold out, but I looked at the weather and it said like six degrees. And I was like, Oh, I do not want to try to go outside right now and run seven or some miles. And that was my first reaction. And my second reaction was, dude, you're going to have to do this insane thing in the desert in June. So you might as well step up to, uh, to extreme weather. And I was like, all right, man. All right. Brain voice. And uh, threw on some clothes, went out. And as soon as I started going, the weirdest thing happened. It didn't even feel that cold anymore. And all of a sudden, I felt really good. So so there you have it. And I finished and have been, I've been having a great day since then. So get out. Overcome those doubts and fears and uncomfortableness. And just put in the work, man. Just put it in. Put in the work. All right. That's all. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.